Welcome to the Hard Fat Truth. This is a podcast about weight loss and building a community around weight loss. Whether you want to lose weight or whether you've already lost weight and want to help others, we're going to take this journey together and this project together. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bell. Let's get the show started. Welcome to the next episode of the Hard Fat Truth. I have to be honest, we've been on a bit of hiatus. And this is tough. This is tough to come on here and have a podcast after telling you that I was being consistent and that I would show up and I show up every single week. And this is what you do to be successful. You show up. You're disciplined. You put stuff together no matter what. And you go and you just do it. And when you run out of motivation, you still just do it because it's the right thing to do. And it's the right thing to do to win the long game. However, if you'll recall on a couple of my last podcasts, you could tell I was getting sick. I was coughing. I was having a hard time with my voice a little bit. And that, for me, found out that I was sick. And I went to the hospital and ended up back at Emerge for two days. And all they could tell me was it was respiratory and some sort of an infection. And I got put on some medications and puffers and a round of Ventolin in the hospital. And I kept telling myself, I work out, I exercise, I eat pretty well. I'm going to recover from this and everything's going to be okay. So no big deal. And a couple of days later, I get a phone call from my doctor. Asking me if I could come in to see him that day. So that raises my stress level quite a bit, but I go in, I see my doctor and I find out that on the x-ray, they have found what looks to be an enlarged heart. And that could mean all kinds of different things. So he didn't want to speculate as an x-ray is not a great tool. So off we go booking an echocardiogram and blood work. And I always said, I'd be honest with you guys. So here I am. So I leave that day and continue to tell myself, and I repeat it over and over in my own head, you're working out, you're eating healthy, you have an active lifestyle, you're doing all the right things. So even if there is something, let's be happy it was found now and something can be done about it, as well as Maybe there isn't anything because you're doing all these things to take care of yourself. And I told myself that several times. And the truth was behind all that, I was scared. I was afraid, completely in fear. I came home and told my spouse the exact same thing I've been telling myself. I came home and told multiple friends the exact same thing I was telling myself. But it turns out that those were facts. I was doing those things, but I was lying to myself. I was lying to myself by not letting myself reach out to people and tell everybody I was scared. So I didn't podcast. And then a couple other things happen. And then life gets in the way. And then... 
all of a sudden a coworker of mine goes home from work not feeling well. He's a year younger than me, and I've worked with him for over five years in various roles. And I get a phone call later and a text message that he went home, didn't feel well, and had what appeared to be a massive heart attack and was gone. That hit home with me pretty hard, given the situation I was dealing with myself. I felt pretty lucky and pretty blessed. I finally reached out to some of the guys I do some other stuff with in my men's group for the Iron Council. And the gentleman in that group, Matt, uh, don't know if you even listen to this podcast, had sort of the best outlook that I can continue to do this or I can vent to them, make use of the group of people engage them and come home and just enjoy every moment at home because there's nothing I can really do. And that's great. But in my mind, there's always things I can do and it helped, but it wasn't a tremendous fix. Uh, as well as I had to write an exam for my professional project management course. And I failed it. I probably should have studied for it harder than I did. It is a difficult exam. I had done some prep work, but obviously not enough prep work. It is a very difficult exam and I could get angry and I could blame the exam and I could blame the test method, but I knew how tough it would be leading into it. But with everything going on, my mind wasn't in the right spot. So chalk up another setback. So I have some medical issue I'm not sure about and I'm waiting for a doctor. A coworker passes away from a heart issue. I find out somebody else I know from scuba diving has a massive heart attack. I fail my PMP exam. Everything starts to spiral out of control. And I'm trying not to let it look like that on the outside. But inside, the fear is raging through me. I even sit at the table with my mom and fill out my last will and testament because I'm worried about what kind of a future I'm leaving for my kids and my family and the burden I may be potentially putting on them. These are all things that are me being vulnerable and me being open and me being scared, but they're also powerful tools depending on what you do with them. So I fill up my will. That's an emotional day. I can't stop staring at my youngest kid in the house, wondering what kind of life she's going to have without a dad. And I'm going to say that, sure, I broke down a few times with my wife. Finally, it was overdue. I probably should have let that happen sooner. Not even probably. I should have. That's a reality. And I go to the funeral, and the day of the funeral of my coworker, I get a phone call from my doctor saying, can you come in today? So now, my stress is through the roof. And I go to a funeral, and I watch a couple of young kids who are at their dad's funeral, and I see my own children. And it's all I can do to hold my composure through the thing. We get through it, off we go to the doctor's office, my wife is by my side, 
who is a pillar of strength that's standing next to me that I don't use often enough. And we get in the office and we sit down and we're kind of joking, waiting for the doctor. He flings the door open and immediately says, it's all good. I didn't even process it. I'm like, pardon? It's all good. What's all good? Echocardiogram was good. The x-ray was an anomaly. Um, Everything appears really well in your cardiogram from your heart, your arteries. Everything's good. Um, Your blood work comes back really well. Uh, You're not even close to pre-diabetic. And my doctor has a small commendation for me that I've changed my lifestyle 10 years ago. And that he's pretty impressed because not many people do it. My wife will probably know it exactly. I was really not. I was still trying to absorb the fact that everything was okay. But I'm pretty sure his statement was along the lines of, do you know how few people do what you've done? And then he also made another statement. That everybody is living their own story. And that's true. Um. My doctor is very cut and dry and straightforward. When I first went to see him when I was overweight and I was sick, he poked me in the stomach and said, your biggest problem is you're fat and you need to lose weight. That was probably about 12 years ago. So you can kind of see how cut and dry he is. So to get a kudos from him is saying a lot. Um, And here I am saying ums. He was pretty impressed, I think, that my wife was there with me beside my side. And that was a good, solid reminder for me about partnerships and accountability and a reset. Now, I'm not without flaws. I'm not perfect. But what I'd realized at that point is I hadn't done a podcast and I'd failed. And I tell each and every one of you to fail forward. But then fear set in. Maybe it's just time to end the podcast. Maybe it doesn't resonate with people. Maybe maybe it's not worthwhile. Maybe I should just stop. Nobody said anything. It's not like anybody realizes I'm not podcasting anymore. And that's when you're kind of wallowing and stuff. And you're, you're waiting for somebody to jump in there and say, Hey man, good job. Hey, you're doing the great thing. And you know, you're looking for a pat on the back to get this done. But then I've told myself over the last little while, that's not why you do this. This isn't being done so that I can boost my own ego. This is being done because I want people to understand that I think this is normal. This is life. It's freaking challenging. And it's scary at times. And you can either take what just happened to me and turn it into a woe is me. Or you can take what happened to me and push 1% harder and realize that I can still do better yet. So walking out of the doctor's office, I think my statement that was made to me was that's not a license to go home and eat cookies. That doesn't mean that I get to do all of that. It still means I need to keep the same path I'm keeping. I need to exercise. I need to be healthy. I need to be around to be a pain in the ass in my kids for a long time. It just solidified that I'm going to be able to do that when I got the message from my doctor. So all good news, good information. 
and yet I still didn't podcast last week. I am struggling with this H4N recorder. It's not doing everything it said it was supposed to do. It's maybe not as easy as it thought it would be. I, maybe I haven't invested enough time with it. I can come up with a gamut of excuses with everything I've had going on. So because of that, I couldn't make the quality what I wanted it to be, and I thought maybe I shouldn't do this. So then Mitchell Pickering reached out to me last night, and so did somebody else asking me what happened to the podcast. And it was at that point that I'd realized, and it wasn't because Mitchell bugged me, um, you know, I appreciate him reaching out, but it was just, I'd realized all the excuses I was giving myself about, you know, I bought this recorder to step it up and make a better quality. I was going to do this so I could do phone interviews and I have interviews that are falling apart and I can't seem to get people to interview them. Everybody says yes until it comes time to actually do it. One, they have busy lifestyles. Two, it's scary to get in front of a microphone. Three, it's easy to say yes real quick on social media and then not follow through. Um, some of the ones I could set up could have been done over the phone calls, but with my recent one I put out with Dustin on Paleo, using the Anchor app to do it, I realized that I can't do that because the quality of that was crap and it led to hours of editing to get out a subpar to me product. And if it's terrible to listen to, you're not going to want to listen to it. With that said, I still say go back and listen to the paleo because the amount of information Dustin had was amazing. And if there's requests and we get things figured out, we'll have Dustin on again at some point in time in the future and we'll do a much better job at it. I can promise you that. But it was as I was talking to Mitchell that I realized I've done 30 plus podcasts using this setup with a microphone on my phone and it's never been an issue. Is it the quality I want? No. Would I love a thousand dollar sound system to do this? Yes. How much do I make for every podcast I put out? Zero dollars. So there becomes a balance of what you can afford to invest versus what the return is. And man, if I had an endless budget, I'd make this the best podcast ever. But then I also realized that Ryan Mickler, who does The Order of Man, who has a million downloads a month, has some better gear than I do, but the man is still sitting at a 50-year-old desk in the basement of his house using a couple hundred dollar microphone. And, uh, you know, sure, he's probably got about $2,000 into a setup, but when you think a million downloads a month with a $1,000 setup, surely I can keep up with my 150 downloads for every one of my podcasts every week using a phone and a microphone. Enough said. My excuses need to go away. So, with that, I've done some searching. I've got some books I still need to read. I've got some information I need to convey to all of you on these books on salt, sugar, and fat. But really, I'm doing some deeper soul searching lately about what my future looks like and what I want it to look like. Because I can make it look like it is today, which is going to work and grinding hard at work to get the next position at work to make the next goal. And I think this is where some of my flaw comes as I'm trying to understand myself at a deeper level yet. I've lived a life at work of projects and goals. Projects and goals. I have taken that outside of work and lived a life outside of work of projects and goals. Goals and goals and goals. What's the next goal? And when you reach it, get to the next goal. I've done a ton of scuba diving, so getting to the next deeper wreck or the next set of skills or the next piece of equipment and learning more and becoming more proficient and getting better and better and better. I did it when I lost weight and took on running and then took on triathlons and how do I get better and how do I complete a triathlon and how do I complete a half marathon 
that next goal, the next goal, the next goal. And even this year, I did a 90 kilometer backcountry hiking trip, which my poor wife is so tired of me watching hiking videos and looking up hiking information. Somehow she's let me convince her and the two oldest kids to take them hiking in the spring for a couple of days. And I think it's awesome because it's going to be a great connection time with the kids and it's going to be a great physical challenge um, and an adventure. I mean, that's the biggest part. It's an adventure and that's what I want to have as adventure. But I need to prep myself for this to make sure that it isn't about a goal. It's made me realize that living in the house with me for our kids and for my wife must be difficult at times. It has to be difficult living with someone who wants to get to the next goal. I want to lose the next five pounds. I want to complete the next race. I want to get the next education course. I want to, and I think it's a good thing to have to some extent. We shouldn't be happy with just sitting still and doing nothing. I put a post out months ago. You can either live life by sitting back and watching Netflix or you can live life by going out and hiking 90 kilometers in the backcountry and having experiences that most people don't do. And I'm going to tell you, if you think it looks cool on Netflix, it looks way cooler in person. It's amazing, but it takes a lot more effort and a lot more work to be in that spot. But it's going to give you some sort of humbling change because I can't express enough that being back in the backcountry and the hiking and where it was, there's something inside of me that's internally changed with that. And maybe it's the next goal, I don't know. But as I'm trying to figure out how to be happy and better, I think I've come to the conclusion that it's not about the next goal. My wife is much better at this. Amy does a great job at this in my mind, at not making the next goal a measure of success. And why is that? Why, why is that important to me? Because when you set goals, you either reach the goal or you fail. When you heard me discuss my PMP exam, I failed. So what does that make you feel like doing when you fail? You want to stop. You don't want to pick it up and go again. You failed. You're not good enough. You couldn't do it. That in itself... I think has been a major difficult problem with me in my life in general. Because you set a goal for a weight, and if you don't reach that weight by the certain date, then you failed. And if you failed, well, shit, you may as well give up now because you can't be successful. But we're in this for the long haul. And where we really need to find a way to find enjoyment for those of us that are goal-oriented is learning how to enjoy the process, not the product. And what does that mean? That means if I'm on a journey to lose another 10 pounds by doing street parking and then getting on and cycling because I want to get on to another race, it's about enjoying the process of how, when I work out, how does it make me feel? Does it get rid of stress? Yes. Does it make me feel a little bit better about myself? Yes. Or is it about doing it because the next 10 pounds has to come off? In the past, it's been about getting the next two pounds, the next five pounds, the next step, lifting 10 more pounds in weight. But that's the product. And I have been so 
focused on the product and everything I do for so long that I'm missing the process. If you train so hard for a half marathon, for your first one, and you go out and you run and run and run, and it's just months and months of training, and then you cross that finish line, and you hang that medal over your neck, and the emotions run through you, and you go home and you feel proud, and then you feel sore as hell for the next two or three days, and it's great, and then you talk about it for a week, and maybe you talk about it for another two weeks, and by the third week, it's gone. Nobody wants to hear about it anymore. They get it. You ran a half marathon. You got a medal around your neck. Good for you. High five, dude. Shut up. I've, I've heard enough. But you've missed out on the process and what it took you to get you there and all the enjoyment that took place in that. Maybe you made some friends along the way and running partners along the way and you had conversations and you had engagement and you had connection. But you feel empty when that marathon's over or the half marathon's over and you don't know what to do next. There's an emptiness. I guess my hiking trip was a bit like that. There's an emptiness that's come since that. But when I look back to it, it was the enjoyment of the process. I enjoyed the process every day. And yes, was it physically demanding? And yes, was it rewarding? And yes, was it a bit goal-oriented? But it really made me think about how we step through that in day-to-day to get to sort of your end goal at camp. And when I got to camp at the end of the day, it didn't feel like, ah, goal, made it. It was just different. I don't even know how to fully explain it. But the more I've thought about this in the last few weeks, the more I've thought about the terminology of enjoying the process rather than the product. And yes, I've said it again, and I'm probably annoying you. But my challenge to you is exactly that. I was worried about the product of my podcast, so I stopped podcasting for three weeks. I was worried about the product of my health. So I focused on other things. Instead of enjoying the moment. What does that really mean? That means tonight I came home. And I, as we're going through and trying to reorganize the house a little bit, there's some stuff that's a bit messy. There's a bunch of bags around to donate and give away. Uh, for those of you that are following Netflix and there's the Marie Kondo Netflix on about organizing your life. I'd read a couple excerpts from the book last year and kind of looked at that. We're implementing some of that in our house because we found we have a lot of stuff to purge and a lot of stuff to get rid of that we're not using. And that's great. When I walked in, the house is a bit messy in my mind. We all have different scales and we all do things differently. Um, The house is a little bit messy. It wasn't to what I would like. And normally I would kind of get frustrated about that. And today I didn't. I'd already sort of spent the day listening to a bit of music and it reminded me about doing things that you enjoy and making sure that you take that time to enjoy that. So instead, I borrowed my wife's Bluetooth speaker. Uh, Honey, if you're listening to this, I borrowed your Bluetooth speaker without asking. (laughs) My apologies. Uh, It works well though. And I paired it up with my phone and I put it on YouTube for top dance hits. And my five-year-old daughter and I danced around the kitchen while putting the dishes away, cleaning and acting silly, and she was having the time of her life. And we were still getting the work done. Far better than sitting and having an argument in the kitchen about do this because I said do it. 
man, I learn stuff every day. And would it go like that every single time? Maybe not. But my mood and my placement certainly affects those that are around me and how I approach them. Turning on some music, we danced our way through the kitchen. We did the dishes, got that done, went downstairs, did some laundry, came back up, and unfortunately ended up on a phone call with Japan for work that got in the way while my daughter came out and danced to YouTube. And then it was kind of her bedtime, and I came out and we danced to a couple of more songs and acted silly and had a lot of fun. And that is important. That is far more important than the product and the outcome. Taking those moments and making sure you truly engage them and you truly get enjoyment from those moments because they are so much more important than arguing over whether the forks, the knives, and the dishes are away and the house is as clean as you think it should be. It doesn't mean don't take things to the next step. It doesn't mean don't purge crap out of your house and clean it if that's for you and that's what you want to do. But it's about focusing on what's wildly important. And that is changing for me. My health is still important. Uh, my calibration of myself and getting myself better is important. Doing this podcast is important. It's important for me to express it because if it connects with just one of you, just one of you, and it lets you feel like my life is similar or I have some similarities or there's something that resonates with me in this and I get it, I get it, but I've been thinking about it and I'm not sure. And if this triggers any type of a thought with you, then it's worth it. It's worth it to me, it's worth it to you, and it's worth it to share with others. So, with my mild hiatus, my quality's not there with the H4N recorder. It's not where I want it to be. We'll get there someday. It's going to be a rough road. I am not a professional podcaster. And that's okay. I'm just a human like you, living day-to-day -day life, grinding through things, raising kids, making mistakes, falling down, getting back up, playing the long game to win. I have some goals in 2019. And I need to sit down and remember that I have goals in 2019 and work towards them. But I need to work on enjoying the process to get there rather than the goal. It's going to sound cheesy, but I remember a Bruce Lee saying from a Bruce Lee movie, and it's don't watch a finger pointing at the moon or you'll miss all the heavenly glory. That's a reality. And my wife's probably going to chuckle and say, dude, that's a weird analogy. And why would you throw that out there? But it's real. And I don't want to miss all the important things while chasing goals. So I'm going to want to dial it back, create some goals, and learn how to enjoy my time getting to those goals. So I apologize for being away. I apologize for hanging up the microphone for a few weeks. I screwed up, I failed, and I didn't fail forward. But it's a mistake. And I realized that there's some importance in getting this out there. So here it is. I've been busy, I messed up, and I'm fixing this. And I'm gonna keep moving forward. And if I don't think I have a topic and I can't get somebody on who's supposed to be on an interview, then you're just gonna hear me babble. And I hope that uh, 
hope you keep tuning in and I hope you share this and that's it. Make it a great week. Go out and think about what it is you want to do over the next year, how you want to get there and what is wildly important to you.